Hello, and welcome to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Raposa, and today we're going to talk about squat. But first, some announcements. I'm starting a new thing, actually. It's called Weekly Worksheets. So what I'm going to be doing is taking my YouTube videos, these weekly podcasts, I'm going to be rolling it all into one blog post that you can see and kind of access everything from there. But if you go ahead and join this membership for weekly worksheets, you'll also get a weekly worksheet that you can use to help quiz your knowledge on all of the stuff that I did that week. And also, you'll be able to access a community of other Audi builders who are doing similar things. Now, of course, the community is just getting started, so I'm sure as it starts up, there might be some silence for a while, maybe, you know, a handful of you for a little while, but this is what I'm starting. So if you're interested, I mean, be part of the beginning of it because you'll be able to see it evolve. And I just think it's so much fun to start at the beginning of things like this and watch it evolve. So if you're like me, come on board, come watch it evolve. It's only $3 a month and yeah, you get all that stuff I just mentioned. So I'm pretty stoked about it and I think it's going to be really awesome for you guys as well. I also have some more one-on-one coaching spots. I really only have one right now. I like to get people onboarded one at a time. So it takes me a couple weeks to get one person onboarded and then I'll move on to the next. So if you want to be my next one-on-one person, jump on that soon because as soon as I find another one-on-one person, you'll be next in line. So that is happening right now. You can find both the weekly worksheets and the one-on-one stuff if you go to autisticbodybuilding.com slash audibuilders, and you'll find all the information there, kind of little recaps about what you get with each with each situation, you know, if you do the one-on-one or the weekly worksheets. Third thing and last thing I want to announce is there is a rebrand happening right now with Autistic Bodybuilding. So I'm going to be shortening the name to Audi Builders. And the reason I'm doing this is because a lot of people my age in my situation looking for my services aren't diagnosed. I honestly probably wouldn't have even gotten diagnosed if my situation didn't get to the point where I needed to figure out what my meltdowns were. So there's probably a lot of people in my situation that didn't have a big enough traumatic event to really trigger a bunch of meltdowns where they really had to get reevaluated. They're probably just kind of struggling through saying, okay, I'm just a little bit different. I feel weird. I don't know why I feel like I'm uncoachable, but whatever. And they're just kind of meandering through life feeling that way. So I want to start to target those people who, of course, aren't going to come to autistic bodybuilding because they don't know they're autistic. So also, I want to start roping in people who aren't necessarily interested in bodybuilding And lastly, I want to just kind of expand past just bodybuilding. I want to start getting into meditative practices and ways to adjust your mind to make fitness easier for you going forward. So that's why I'm shortening the name to Audi Builders. It's obviously going to still have that, you know, 
autistic bodybuilding reference in there, you know, Audi builders, but of course you can take it a couple different ways. You can take it as you're building yourself up through fitness in general, not necessarily bodybuilding. You don't have to, you know, if you're training with me, you don't have to tell people you're training through autistic bodybuilding. You can say, I'm training through Audi builders and they don't necessarily know what that means or they don't think that you're autistic or something if you don't want to disclose that. So that's the whole reason for the rebrand. And so far I've been getting great feedback from the rebrand. I kind of tested out some logos on Twitter and people have been loving it. So I think the rebrand's going to go amazing. I'm super stoked about it. And I'm super stoked too, because part of the rebrand is switching platforms, which means my one-on-one -on -one is going to be more streamlined. My weekly worksheets are going to be more streamlined. The community is going to be more cohesive. So lots and lots of great things happening. But enough of all that. That's all my excitement. And I, I hope you're excited about it as well. But of course, you know, I am the business owner. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, <laughs> let's move on and get into today's episode about squats. Tyson has big quads already, but he's having trouble getting his inner quad to fill out. He's been doing a lot of narrow squats and split squats, but his inner thigh doesn't seem to be getting any bigger. He's beyond frustrated. He plans on getting on stage at a bodybuilding competition this year, and he knows he needs fuller quads to get to the next level. But what can Tyson do that he isn't already doing to help target his inner thigh a little better? So first of all, let's talk about what is a squat because we're on audio here, so you can't necessarily see me to demonstrate or anything. So let's describe what a squat is. A squat is when you start from standing and you sit down as far as you can go, basically. That's a squat. So every time you sit in a chair, you're doing a squat. Every time you get back up from a chair, you're finishing the squat you started when you sat in the chair. So squats target a few different muscles. They target mostly your quads. That's where the emphasis is on a squat. And then secondarily, they target your glutes because your glutes help you kind of fully extend when you stand up. But then, of course, they target your hamstrings as kind of an antagonist muscle. They stabilize you on the way down. And also, if your hamstrings are tight, they'll pull against your quads. Talked about that a little bit in last week's episode about quads. And they also work your calves a little bit. Now, the way that they work your calves is a little interesting because, of course, they're mostly working your calves as stabilizers. But the thing people don't realize about the way squats work your calves is they're actually working the front of your lower leg. So that's called your anterior tibialis. I'm going to do a whole episode on your anterior tib at some point because I, it's like the most overlooked muscle. And because it's so overlooked, I think it's so cool to study. I, I love studying those little things nobody else is talking about. So we'll get into that at some point. But 
basically your anterior tibialis is doing a lot of work to help you stand back up and make sure that your knees don't extend past your toes when you're all the way in that seated position, that lower position of the squat. So your calves are highly misunderstood when it comes to squats. And again, that's something I'll get into when I talk more about the calves. And then of course, squats also do work a little bit of your abductors and adductors. So that's your inner thigh and your outer thigh, or rather your abductors are your outer thigh and your adductors are your inner thigh. I just want to be specific about that. And they're not really like working them, working them. Like they're not really doing too much contraction or anything like that. And in, in the squat position, but your abductors and adductors are stabilizing you and they are pulling your legs either in or out. Sometimes they might actually be working against you depending on whether or not you're balanced or not, but that's how they come into play. Just Strong is a women's empowerment brand that strives to create better fitting clothes for your movement needs. With cuts that fit any style or body type, Just Strong makes great fitness apparel that moves with you and feels amazing. I have this crop top from them that is literally the same material as leggings. And I wasn't so sure about it at first, but it is actually amazing. The shirt adjusts to my body and I don't have to readjust it for the whole day. It's super easy to move around in and I really don't know why more shirts are made of the same material that they make leggings out of. Like, other clothing companies get on this. So if you'd like to give Just Strong a try, visit JustStrong.com and enter code CRYRAP10, that's C-R-Y-R-A-P-10 at checkout for 10% off because tugging at your clothing shouldn't be another exercise in your workout. Now, back to the show. Now, squat form is obviously very important, so I want to run through that a little bit. You want to have your eyes on the horizon, so that really just means that you are gazing forward as if you are looking towards Picture yourself outside and you're literally looking towards the horizon. So you're not looking straight ahead of you and you're not looking down at the ground. It's kind of like this distant stare towards like an in-between point. So especially if you're in the gym, you can use kind of, if you're far enough away from the wall, you can use where the wall meets the floor to kind of get that same effect of having your eyes toward the horizon. You want to have your back straight the whole time. You want to make sure your chest is up. Now, when people lift a little bit heavier, that might affect how straight their back is, but we'll get to that in a moment. Another good rule of thumb, though, to make sure your back is straight and in the right line is when you're all the way down at the bottom of your squat, is your back parallel to your calves? Because when you come down to a full squat, your calves kind of they're not completely perpendicular to the floor anymore, right? And neither is your back. So a good way of kind of gauging whether or not you're in good alignment is to make sure that your calves, the angle of your calves matches the angle of your back and they are parallel to each other. And then that's how you know your hips have hinged the right way and your kinetic chain is doing what it's supposed to do. This will also help something called a butt wink. 
And a butt wink is when you are coming down into a squat or coming up from a squat, your hips just kind of do this thing where they either kind of hit a sticking point and lurch up or hit a sticking point and kind of like lurch down. And that's what's called a butt wink. And that just means that your back isn't in a very great position and maybe you'll have to do something to strengthen your glutes a little bit so that they're supporting you a little bit more on the way down or maybe you will have to strengthen that anterior tibialis actually that could play a role there's lots of different parts of the kinetic chain actually that can affect whether or not you have a butt wink and so you want to start with strengthening your glutes getting yourself stretched out use a squat stretch if you can i that was in this week's youtube video actually i did a squat stretch at the end of the workout and basically all that means is that you're getting into a squat position with your butt all the way down to the ground and you're just holding it for a few seconds to kind of get all that stuff stretched out that can help with a butt wink as well so butt winks are really indications that something on you is imbalanced and if you're having trouble figuring out what's imbalanced you can always reach out to a trainer like myself and we'll try to help you figure it out another part of squat form is having your heels on the ground so you want to have your heels press flat against the ground you don't want them to come up as you're coming down because again that also means imbalances but if your heels can't stay on the ground, that's actually a pretty easy fix. That usually means that your calves, the back of your lower leg are very tight or your anterior tibialis, the front of your lower leg, isn't strong enough. So basically, if we can't get your heels on the ground, we would do one of two things, probably both at the same time. We would stretch out your calf better and more often and we would also have you strengthen your anterior tibialis with something I like to call calf curls, but if you want to YouTube it, it's called a dorsiflexion. That's D-O-R-S-I flexion. So that's how you can help fix that. The last part of your squat form, and I mean there's tons of different things to honestly think about with squat form, but these are the main things. And then when you get past this, you're really getting into like something a trainer's looking for because we'll look at things like whether or not your ankles are rolling in, if you're flat-footed, things like that. And that just gets really in-depth and really hard to explain on just the podcast. So for right now, we'll stick with these five. And the last one is a smooth extension. In other words, when you stand up, making sure you don't have that butt wink making sure that you come up from the bottom without wobbling too far forward or back or having to adjust the angle of your knees or your hips too much, being able to go down and back up in one fluid motion. That's very important. Now, if you're gonna lift heavy, some of this stuff starts to kind of go out the window. And I kind of just mentioned that a moment ago, but of course, if you're lifting, especially if you're lifting heavy, you want to keep in even better form because you're, you have all this weight on your back, right? But you also do have all this weight on your back and that's going to change the way that you hold yourself or carry yourself or stand or squat or whatever. So 
The idea is when you start loading on that weight and you start lifting heavy weight to keep as close to the squat form I just mentioned as possible while still letting your body adjust itself for however much weight you have on your back. So if you're doing a squat that is your body weight or above, chances are you're not gonna get your butt all the way down to the grass. We call that an ass to grass squat, right? Where you're not gonna go ass to grass, Sorry about the airplane there. I live near a military base. Well, I live in an RV, but I'm staying near a military base. I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back. Oh my God. I am talking about important things. U.S. Department of Defense. No, they're not coming back. All right. Anyways. When you have a lot of weight on your back, obviously that's gonna change the way that you move a little bit, right? So, you know, I just said this, stay close to the form as you can, but you're probably not gonna get ass to grass. That's, that's what I was saying. You're not gonna get ass to grass with that much weight because your hips probably just aren't that strong. And also when you get past a certain point on your quads, the the weight starts to shift to almost the lower part of your quad that's closer to your knee. And I don't know what it is, but it just seems like that that part of your knee, your, your quad just doesn't get as strong. And so when you get past that point, you start to not be able to get back up when you have that much weight on your body. But that's also why it's so important to do squats with so many different weights because you want the heavier weight to target the parts of your quad that can lift that heavier weight. And you want, and your glutes for that matter, because your glutes work a little bit harder when the weight's a little, little bit heavier in a squat. But you also want that lighter weight to help stretch your glutes out a little bit more, get those extra fibers that you're not getting, get that lower part of your leg that you don't always get, get into that deep form so that you can get that good stretch so that you know your hamstrings aren't pulling against your quads as much when you do go back to the heavier squat. So it's important to round out all of those things but of course, when you do have heavier weight, your body's gonna adapt a little bit differently to that pressure. Do you have trouble finding adult clothes that meet your sensory needs? Most sensory-friendly brands are made for kids, so I would buy them only to have other sensory issues over the fit because kids' bodies don't have the curves of adult bodies. Or I would buy the adult clothes only to fight with seams and tags that bothered me all day. With the Great North, I can finally get the best of both. They didn't set out to make sensory clothes for adults, but they nailed it anyways. That's why I'm gradually replacing all my clothes with options from the Great North. To top it off, 10% of their profits goes towards sustaining and improving our planet Earth directly. Visit thegreatnorth.net and use promo code ABUILD, that's A-B-U-I-L-D, at checkout for 30% off, and support the environment while you support your booty. Now, back to the show. Then, of course, there's the different types of squats. Now, those are, of course, going to affect your form as well. And they'll also affect what part of your leg you are targeting. So just a plain old regular squat, you're obviously getting a very well-rounded 
target of all of your quad. You're getting all four quad muscles. You're getting, you know, hopefully equally, but I mean, depending on your movement pattern, you're probably getting something a little bit more than the other. But the idea is that with a regular squat, you're getting everything kind of equally. You're Glutes are doing what they normally do when you stand up. Your quads are getting fired all at about the same rate. Your hamstrings are getting all about the same stretch. Same with your calf. Your interior tibialis is, you know, stabilizing you kind of in a more general way. And that's your regular squat. And then, of course, from there, you can do things like wall squats, jump squats, pump squats, and squat holds. (laughs) You know, and they're all just variations of the same thing. You know, wall squat, you're just using the wall to support you so that you can, if you are if you have very weak legs, you can get into that position and learn that position and train your body to be strong enough to squat without the wall. Or if you're doing jump squats, you're trying to get extra power in there. So let's say you want to train for a triathlon or climbing mountains or things that require you to maybe be a little bit more agile on your legs while also developing strength, you might do things like jump squats because that gives you that explosive power while also strengthening your legs. You might want to do pump squats if you're having a lot of sticking points in your squat. So a sticking point is when you come, when you go to come down into a squat and maybe you can get past a certain point and you can sink into it. But then when you go to get back up, you kind of get stuck and you know that if you could just get past that part, you could finish the rest of the squat and get all the way up. But for some reason, this one part of the motion keeps getting you stuck. It's actually very common if you have a butt wink. That's usually indicative of a sticking point around the part where the butt wink happens because that's where the butt wink comes from. You're adjusting when you hit that point to be able to shift your weight and finish the movement. So something like a pump squat where you just use your body weight, get to that point of the squat that usually causes a problem for you and just pump in that position you're working that part of your muscle that keeps sticking on its own and hopefully increasing the fluidity of your squat as you move forward. Then of course there's just squat holds, which is just an isometric contraction of your squat. And an isometric contraction just means that you have contracted and you're holding there and you're not, you know, you're not releasing, you're not flexing anymore, you're just holding. So a squat hold can be done in multiple positions. You can do it ass to grass. You can do it halfway down. You can do it a quarter of the way down. That's another good way to kind of work sticking points. I don't think it's as good at working sticking points as a pump squat is, but a squat hold will definitely help a little bit and it will also help you kind of deal with certain antagonist muscles that might be pulling as well. So if you're having issues with your hamstrings pulling against your quads when you come down, you might want to do a squat hold at about the point where your hamstrings start to stick. So yeah, squat holds are really good for sticking points, but they're also really good for balance, stability, dancers do real they can utilize squat holds really well to you know create more stability for when they're doing certain movements 
It helps you just kind of be a little bit more adaptable when you are in a certain position. So not everybody needs to do squat holds, but I would say people that are doing like extreme sports, anything that requires balance, things like that, they might want to do things like squat holds to help enhance the stability of those slower twitch muscle fibers. From there, we get into the more abstract kind of versions of squats. I don't want to say abstract because I mean, they're all just squats. I mean, they're just variations of sitting down and getting back up, right? So you have narrow squats. Narrow squats is when you have your feet close together. You might want to have them touching, but if you do have your knees touching, make sure that when you come down or your feet touching, make sure that when you come down, your knees don't touch because the whole point of a narrow squat is to help you be able to squat and come back up in a narrow position while still having some form of stability. And if you let your knees come together in a narrow squat, well, now your legs are stabilizing against each other and you're not getting as good of a movement as you could if your knees were a little bit apart. So the idea with a narrow squat is to have them closer together than shoulder width. I usually have my feet about two inches apart and I try to make sure my knees stay at least two inches apart the whole way down and the whole way up. The narrow squat is basically to help you work your outer quad. So that's to give you those nice big quad sweeps to give you a kind of rounded look to your quad on the outside. That will be for your narrow squat. Your narrow squat targets mostly your rectus femoris and your vastus lateralis. And as such, in a narrow squat, you can't activate your glutes the same way you can activate them in other squat forms. And so you might notice on a narrow squat, you can't quite get your back parallel to your lower leg. You might notice that you have to lean forward a little bit more to do a narrow squat. And that's totally fine. Just try your hardest to sit back and keep your back as straight and upright as possible while doing it. But of course, let your body adapt to the fact that you can't flex your glutes as much in that position and you will probably have to lean forward a little bit more. Wide squats is the opposite of a narrow squat. So a wide squat, or sometimes you'll hear them called sumo squats, you want to have your feet wide enough so that when you come down into a full squat position, your knees are at 90 degree angles. So it's obviously wider than shoulder width. You know, a normal squat is shoulder width. Wide, wider sumo squats are wider than that. And the whole idea of a wide squat is to place the emphasis on your inner quad or your vastus medialis to kind of get those teardrops around your knees that I was talking about in the quad episode. I talked about your teardrop muscles. And also you want to get a little bit more emphasis on your glutes. You might use a wide squat because think about it. If your legs are apart, even if you just stand with your legs apart, notice that you almost have to flex your glutes to keep yourself fully extended or upright. And it's just because your legs are apart. You, you're using your glutes and your a little bit of, use a little bit more of your adductors in this one as well. Your adductors kind of take a little more of an active role in the wide squat, not as much, but 
yeah, the wide squat is mainly to target that inner quad, get those teardrops, and target the glutes. A lot of people, I don't know where this came from, but some bodybuilders will try to say that wide squats are, are the easy way out. It really, no, it's not. It just depends on your body and how balanced you are. If you have strong glutes, then yeah, wide squats, wide deadlifts, things like that are going to be a lot easier for you. But if you have really weak glutes, that stuff's actually going to be way harder for you. For example, I really wanted those big quad sweeps and I was convinced, <laughs> this is before I went to training school and knew anything about what I was doing, but I was convinced that if I strengthened my outer, my outer quads that I would... I'd be more agile on mountains and I, my knees wouldn't go in so much when I squatted otherwise and all this other stuff. And I just, I, I was like, I'm just going to do all these narrow squats and just like narrow squat, narrow squat, narrow squat. And I like didn't do wide squats for like a year. And I think I said this in the quad episode too, but yeah, now my outer quads are like huge and my inners are like tiny. And when I went to go do a wide squat again, I had to drop probably like 70 pounds to be <laughs> on a squat to be able to get into a wide. So that's a lot. That's a lot to have to drop to be able to get into it. So yeah, it's, you know what? Let me just throw that side note in here right now. When people start throwing out these stupid things, like certain, I'm sorry to call it stupid, but it, asinine, I'll call it asinine. When people throw out these asinine things about how like, oh, this, this movement's easy and that movement's hard and blah, blah. Don't listen to those people because those are the kind of people that can't see past their own experience. And those are the kind of people that are going to call you uncoachable just because you don't have the same needs as them. And that's BS. And just, just, just don't, don't let those people make you feel insecure because that stuff used to make me feel so insecure. Oh my God. Somebody had a YouTube video once that said, I don't like leg extensions. And it was somebody I really respected at the time. So I didn't do leg extensions for God knows how long. And I really needed to do leg extensions. My legs don't grow. My quads don't grow as quick as my hamstrings. And it would have been very beneficial for me to be doing leg extensions to help balance out my legs. But I had it in my head that leg extensions over strengthen your quads and that's going to hurt your knees and blah, blah, blah. And you got to let all that stuff out the window and you got to kind of have a more objective way. You got to find that objective eye for looking at your own body so that you can really be your own coach and not be trying to look for coaching from people who have never seen you before. But anyways, back to the different kinds of squats. So from wide squats, plie squats. Now I want to go into plie from wide because you have to get into a wide stance to do the plie squats. That's the whole idea. And a plie squat is really just when you are doing squats on your, the balls of your feet or demi point, as you would call it in bar. I think I actually have a bar or a ballet episode scheduled for you guys, not next week, but the week after. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be exciting. We're going to do a bar workout that week. But um, yeah, so plie squats are, you get into 
what's called second position in ballet, which is just basically a wide stance. It's not quite totally wide, but if you're doing it for fitness purposes, I'd say anything wider than your shoulders is totally fine. You don't have to be a ballerina and know the positions to be able to do a plie squat. And basically you just get onto the balls of your feet and squat in a wide stance. And the idea is it helps flex your glutes even more because your glutes are trying to stabilize you. It helps strengthen your calves and it also helps with stability. So plie squats, I would say probably avoid if you're having any issues with your heels coming up when you squat because you definitely don't want to overstrengthen your calves until you get them, you know, stretched back out and your legs rebalanced. But Plie squats are really good for people who struggle with balance, for people who struggle with clumsiness to kind of enhance that proprioception. You can do plie squats. You can also use plie squats as a way to kind of unite your mind and body. So you can do funny things where, and again, if you watch my YouTube video, I did this in it, where you do a plie squat with one foot on the balls of your foot and the other one flat and then you switch every time you do a squat and that kind of helps get your brain because your brain is an important part of your fitness. People don't really think about that, but your brain is responsible for how agile you are, right? You can strengthen yourself all you want, but if your brain can't think fast or shift positions quickly or choose the correct stabilizers quickly, you're not going to be agile. So plie squats, I think their best thing is honestly just they're great for getting your brain into it, for getting your brain understanding the positions of your body and enhancing the flow of your whole kinetic chain from your ankles to your hips. So that's why I like plie squats. The last one I'm going to cover, and I'm sure there's like a ton more squats that I'm not even thinking of. Actually, I know there are. There's like glute squats, there's hack squats, there's tons and tons of squats, but you will find those over time just because you're interested in this and I don't want to overwhelm you with all of them. So I'm just kind of giving you the basics right now. And also, let's be honest, I need topics to talk to you guys about going forward. So maybe we'll do a more advanced squat episode later on. But the last one I'm going to cover for now is split squats. So Split squats is kind of like a lunge. They look a lot like a lunge. They feel a lot like a lunge, but they are different in that with a split squat, the idea is to actually drive through your back foot. So with a lunge, you're focused on just lifting your body weight with the front bent leg. But with a split squat, you really are trying to drive through your back leg. So you're not going to have as much pivot to like your back foot. You're going to be really driving through the ball of that foot. You're going to be driving through your heel too. Your heel isn't going to be making contact with the ground because your leg just can't move that way. If it could, you'd really hurt your knees. But you are still driving through your heel, kind of like elongate the calf to push through the heel, to transfer that movement to the ball of the foot, and to really drive through your glute on the back leg while you're coming up. So you're not just doing a lunge. You'll, you should be able to lift more on a split squat than you can on a lunge because you are using your back leg. So 
those are your squat forms, your basic squat forms. And of course you can do all of these squat forms just like you can a regular squat as a wall squat, jump squat, pump or hold. And you can, you know, vary them, mess with them, turn them into things that are harder for you, easier for you, play with them, see what, you know, notice what you're feeling when you do certain things. If you go to do a narrow squat and you just cannot get your knees to stay apart, well, that's a good indication that you need to do narrow squats, right? So that's my overview on squats. Let's get back to our case study. Tyson has big quads already, but he's having trouble getting his inner quad to fill out. He's been doing a lot of narrow squats and split squats, but his inner thigh doesn't seem to be getting any bigger. He's beyond frustrated. He plans to get on stage at a bodybuilding competition this year, and he knows he needs fuller quads to get to the next level. What can Tyson do to help target his inner thigh a little better? The fullness Tyson is going for is actually most likely in his inner quad or vastus medialis. He's probably looking for that teardrop and knows that will set him apart from other bodybuilders. If he wants to target this area of his quads, Tyson can do more wide squats and plie squats. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. If you'd like to view a transcript of today's show, as well as all references used, visit AutisticBodybuilding.com transcripts. To find links to any of the sponsors you heard advertised today, visit AutisticBodybuilding.com affiliates. Your support of our sponsors is much appreciated and helps keep the show running. Subscribing is free and your reviews help others find the podcast. Subscribe or leave a review wherever you listen. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, find me at AudiBuilder. Facebook at AudiBuilding. Email me show suggestions and questions at AutisticBodybuilding at gmail.com or just visit AutisticBodybuilding.com for the latest news and updates. As always, all these links will be in the show notes for your convenience. I hope you'll come back next week. And until then, stay fit and flappy.